fighting against the woke establishment, rhino Republicans, and anyone else that stands in his way. This is the Samuel McGuire Show on Red Future Radio. Hello and welcome. This is the Samuel McGuire Show on the Red Future Radio Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know a lot of you have been waiting, and I know we've been teasing it for quite some time, but finally, we've uh, made the time and we're able to bring this wonderful gentleman on the show. Uh, Jim Ringo, how are you doing today? And uh, thank you for coming on. Yeah, uh, uh, thanks for having me, Samuel. Uh, Jim Jim Regano. Regano. I, I butchered it. Yes. My goodness. We just got done talking about that. Well, not very good with the last names, I guess, but I'm glad you got that. Thank you for the audience there. But uh, yeah, um, well, thanks for having me. I appreciate the the opportunity to be on the program. Yes, well, we we really do appreciate you coming on and talking about a very touchy subject, but also a very important subject, and that's about the voter rolls here in the state of Ohio. But before we get into that, Jim, if you don't mind giving uh, the listeners a, a maybe a background or maybe just you know a little bit about yourself and whatnot. Yeah, I'm a I'm an engineer by training. Um, um, but in the course of my career, I had the opportunity to work in the business intelligence field where I uh, designed databases, um, worked with uh, um, uh, database systems, in particular Microsoft SQL Server, which is an enterprise class database system, uh, did some uh, programming and just design of databases and reporting systems. So that's kind of my technical background. Uh, live in Warren County, southern, uh, southwestern Ohio, and uh, uh, married two grown kids. Wonderful. Um, yeah. American dream kind of stuff. I guess I don't know if you watch football or if you're not a football fan or whatnot. I know a lot of people try to stay away from the NFL, especially in our line of work. But are you a Bengals fan being down there in southern Ohio? Well, I, I am a fair-weather Bengals fan, so so okay. this year I'm a Bengals fan. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing pretty good this year, huh? 10, 10 wins. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a Bengals fan, so I guess I had to put that out there. Did, did well last year, too. So uh, Sure did. Yeah. Sure did. Got to be proud of our Bengals. Right. <clears throat> but all right. Hooday. Yeah, Hooday for sure. Got to be proud of our Buckeyes, too. I'm, I'm yeah. an Ohio State grad. So yeah, well, hey. We got to okay. be proud of the Buckeyes, too. I, I think they're going to uh, surprise a lot of people coming up New Year's Eve. That's just my, well, my uh, you know. Yeah. I guess any type of expertise you want to say, it's not very expertise, but if, if, if I was in that uh, sports betting world, which it is coming to Ohio, uh, if you're into that, I don't know. I bet on my Buckeyes, that's for sure. But all right, enough with all the sports nonsense and, you know, half of that stuff's going woke anyway, so. But uh, we still got a roof for them, I guess. But uh, voter rolls in the state of Ohio, and this is something uh, I've gotten to learn a lot about and knowing how kind of jibber jabbered they are. And obviously you're just going to be able to put the icing on the cake for everybody who kind of has that leery feeling about them. Uh, but anyway, when I was down in Hamilton County, um, there was two ladies, I can't remember their names, but they were working for a group and basically going and trying to sh fix and straighten up all of their voter rolls because they were just finding out all of the nonsense and, and basically names that shouldn't have been on there and whatnot. So I guess let's just dive into this. And I know it's kind of a hard play. You know, there's just so much to talk about. But I guess if you could give us a good spot to talk about or a good, you know, a good starting point to where we can maybe 
or, or I guess you're finding and then maybe ways to fix it or what can we do to, you know, get past this and, you know, help make our elections a little bit more secure than they are? Yeah, well, um, let's talk for a minute about why it matters, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the winners of federal elections literally control trillions of dollars. Winners of state elections control billions. And at the local level, they control millions of dollars. Um, so uh, just from a financial point of view, it matters a lot. Um, and then, you know, if you have poorly managed and maintained voter rolls, it increases the risk for election fraud or it can, it can enable election fraud, I believe. So, and then of course the authority to govern is granted through the elections and, and without having a fair election, the entire foundation of our government is subverted. So uh, that's why it's important. And then, Absolutely. you know, I, I think myself, like a lot of people after the November 2020 election, we knew something was wrong. Mm -hmm. um, just didn't make sense. And uh, we saw reports in other states of, of uh, well, reports of fraud and then uh, cases of, uh, you know, court cases that uh, never seemed to come to fruition. But then even in Ohio, there, there was, uh, your listeners may be aware of the name uh, Dr. Douglas Frank, right? He, he Absolutely. Was kind of, he was kind of out there with some analysis, early analysis on voter rolls. And I'm just sitting back and observing all this stuff. And, and then, you know, I guess it kind of hit me in the head one day. Well, I do have a background in data. I'm just going to go out here and well, I have a background in data. And then I was also on the local school board. So I've been involved in a couple of political campaigns. So I knew where I could go get the entire state's voter rolls out on the Secretary of State's website. And so I did that, and I just started, you know, decided to dust off my data skills and, uh, um, you know, just kind of start browsing around. And and uh, so so that was kind of my initial brushes to just see if I could repl replicate uh, Dr. Frank's work. But I, I, I got, you know, he was doing that, so there wasn't really any reason for me to do that. So I just started reading the law, um, the Ohio Revised Code. Uh, the election section, which 3503, I started to memorize these things. I've had my nose in them so much. <laughs> yeah, I got into that when I was on the school board because we had a whole set of, you know, school laws. And so, yep. you know, you want to know what the rules are. You got to go read the rule book. Absolutely. And so I, knowledge I is power with, with, with. Yeah. You're, yes. Knowledge is power. You have a lot of power and, in those rules. And. Uh, so, you know, I started reading the law and then I came across the Secretary of State, which, you know, uh, each each official in the administrative branch can can write rules that uh, basically tell his staff, in which case it's it's the Secretary of State staff, but it's also all of the county boards of election that tells them how to how to run things. So I uh, started reading those rules and that kind of got me into this. One of, the, one of the first things I noticed is that he had specific rules for how names should be entered in the, in the statewide voter registration database. And um, so at any rate, uh, I started to, uh, you know, read those rules, understand them. And one of the rules I came across was uh, that uh, in, in the Ohio Revised Code, the Secretary of State is supposed to establish a process for annually auditing the information contained in the statewide voter registration database, which was kind of what I was setting out to do. 
is to basically audit. I was comparing his procedures to, to what the data is. I said, well, hey, this could be a very easy job. I'm just going to records request this annual audit report. And uh, in fact, that record requested the, the report from, this was back in 2021 when I started doing this. I re request the audit reports from 2021, 2020, and 2019, and let's just see what we've got. And if you don't mind me to interrupt, Jim, when you requested those records, how was how was uh, the Secretary of State's office? How did they treat you, and how fast did they get those records to you? Well, I think it took a, a, a month or so to get a, a response, and I've turned in other records requests, and that seems to be kind of the typical time frame to, to get a response, about a month. Um, and uh, I thought it was a little bit long, but, you know, I, I, when, when I emailed him back and, and uh, I won't say complain, but said, you know, hey, I'm still interested in getting this. They just said, hey, we're getting a lot of requests then. Yeah, but you, which were, I, I believe they do get a lot of requests. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Being a, you know, what are we at? 12 million people now in the state. But uh, yeah. Well, I, I don't know how what the, what the population is, but I know there's 8 million registered voters. Yeah. So obviously there's a lot going on. So at any rate, uh, eventually I did get a response to that, and but the response kind of surprised me. It said we can't find any records responsive to your request, and so I thought, well, gee, no audit report. Uh, you have to set up a process for doing an annual audit. There ought to be an audit report. Um, oh yeah, because so actually you can, you can request an audit report for the actual elections, correct? Well, uh, yeah, I probably could from a county board of elections. Um, yeah, so you know, that's... They, they do audits on the election results, but this yeah. is an actual audit of the voter registration. Yeah, papers. so it, it kind of, I mean, it should be the same thing, right? I mean, there should be an audit report, like you're saying. That's you would you would think so, mm -hmm. but I, uh, the, the reply I got back uh, was, uh, uh, you know, no records found responsive to your request. So I said, well, let me take let me take the years off of this and just ask for the two most recent ones. So basically, sent the same request in uh, without asking for specific years. I just asked for the two most recent. And same reply came back: no records responsive to your request. And so uh, my conclusion was that that they weren't doing the audit. <laughs> well. Uh, I guess to shorten the story up a little bit, come to find out here, if you read the, if you read the law carefully, it's to establish a process for annually auditing the database. And so they did establish a process under these, uh, these rules that they publish in the Ohio Administrative Code, uh, kind of like his directives. And in the Ohio Administrative Code, they described what they meant by and what the secretary of state was not doing to do this audit. And in, in this case, uh, I'll, I'll just read it because it's short, right? The system administrator for the statewide voter registration database for the office of the secretary of state shall conduct a manually triggered detailed audit for each county at least once a year. The statewide voter registration database, not a person, the database shall do the following automatically request all information contained in all active, active, active confirmation voter records in all precincts and all county voter registration systems. And then number two, attempt to match all the information in the county voter records in all the precincts with 
the information or data for the same records contained in the statewide voter registration database. And then thirdly, the statewide voter rec registration system, not a person, again, the system will generate an email notification to the boards of election indicating any discrepancies. Interesting. And yeah, so that, that was their definition of an audit. If they compare, and I guess I should back up here and say that each county has a voter registration database and the secretary of state has one. So, uh, there's 80, actually 89 voter registration databases in Ohio, one for each county. And then the Secretary of State has one that's supposed to combine all of the counties into one, one big database. And so as long as, it, it, so in effect, if the county had bad data, this audit would, as long as the state had the same bad data, it would pass this audit by the Secretary of State. There's no human intervention. It's just a computer match. Bad data. Bad data equals okay, according to this audit procedure. So it's it's just entirely inadequate. And you would think, you know, I mean, I guess I, I'm not very techie. I mean, I guess I'm young for my generation, but I'm not very techie. But when you have a computer audit and a name thing, you think it'd be much easier and much faster for a computer to go through there and pick out names and see which ones are invalid and valid rather than you going through them yourself, right? Um, obviously, I'm not a big, I, I think it should be done by humans. I think it would be, you know, I think that would be a better way to do it, much wiser to make sure everything is, you know, done. I, I just trust humans more than I do machines. But, you know, in our world, you, you think that these machines or the tabulating or whatever they're doing with this audit is supposed to, you know, supposed to be right, but obviously it's not. Pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, th this falls short in a couple of ways. I mean, the computer matching is okay if the data is good in the first place, right? But if, if somebody at the county level put in bad data and it gets, you know, there's supposed to be an automatic process where the input at the county level gets merged into the state, right? But if somebody puts bad data into the county database and that gets merged to the state, this check doesn't find the bad data. Well, I so, guess. Go ahead, please. Well, so so that's one problem. The other problem is, what if what if the county has more voter registration records than the state? This doesn't catch that either. So, uh, it's it falls short in those two basic areas. So the computer matching, I don't really have a problem with, but it needs to go further than what it does. So I guess I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just trying to ask here because I want to know the best way to kind of fix this problem or kind of at least make it a little bit better. Like, I guess not, not trying to place the blame or where where the problem is or whatnot. But I, I'm, I guess I'm now I'm looking at the, you know, the let's say my local board of election, right? If they're putting in wrong data, and no one's there at the local board of elections to fix that. I guess, how do we fix that data at the local board of elections? Is that why people need to rally around and, and, you know, kind of see where their, see where their voter rolls are in their own counties or. Yeah. Well, like part, part, part of the problem is, uh, is I think the system lacks what uh, you call in the database business data validation. So if, if you're on a website, for example, and they're having you put in your information, like say, say you're making a purchase online, right? You're yeah. typing in 
you're typing in your credit card information. <laughs> well, when you hit submit, it's checking that information to make sure it's right. right? If, you, if, if you misspelled your name, but you got your credit card number right, it's going to come back and say, hey, I'm, uh, something's wrong here. Yep. <laughs> That's called data validation. It's making sure that that data is right. Well, that doesn't appear to exist in, in any of these um, voter registration databases. And I can give you some examples of that. Um, so, you know, for example, one of the first things I checked were, were names, right? Uh, Secretary of State had rules. I mean, they're his rules, right? I, I mean, some of this might seem like it's a little bit petty, but they're his rules, right? So a name is not allowed to have any punctuation marks, no percent signs, no quote marks, no ellipses, no dashes, no pound signs, slashes, no periods. But when you search the data, not even for the middle all, initial, not even for the middle initial, not supposed okay. to have. And, and the reason is those rules, he says it right in his directive, by having the data in a standardized format, the boards of election will be able to identify additional duplicate records. Because when a computer screens it, you know, um, James N. Regano and James N. Period Regano are two different names. Yep. Right. Computer's not going to match those unless you account for the possibility of it having a period. And so there is just making a rule, no periods. Right. But when you screen the data, uh, when you screen the data, you find names. I mean, I, these are these are actual names in the voter registration database. First name, Cy, no middle name, last name, period. Cy, period. C-Y, period is the guy's name. Hmm. There's another guy named Gregory A, nine eight zero one zero three three. He's got numbers. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I mean, I. It almost seems like he took his. Things. It almost seems like he took his uh, uh, jail number or whatnot. Yeah, his uh, prison uniform number, and, and decided to register. Now people do strange things, so uh, you know. I guess I guess somebody ought to. The point is that somebody ought to verify this, right? Yes, absolutely. Secretary of State, Secretary of State didn't say you couldn't have numbers in your last name. He just said you couldn't have punctuation marks. Um, an interesting side note: uh, you know, when I was doing these screens for non-alphabet characters in the names, uh, a, a voter by the name of Seven Simovart shows up. Uh, first name number seven, numeral seven. Last name Simovart, and I, I just did a internet search on him, and darned if I don't find a, a Facebook page and a LinkedIn page for for the guy. Now, on wow. LinkedIn, he didn't use the numeral seven; he used VII. Um, but so people do strange things, but a lot of these things need to be um, checked. Yeah. And there's a whole slew of names in there that have dashes in them. They're not supposed to have dashes. He had rules for names like McDonald. You're not, it's supposed to be McDonald, all one word with no space between MC and Donald. And uh, there's all kinds of those kinds of mistakes. And as you kind of suggested, there's all kinds of middle initials. Um, there's apostrophes in names that aren't supposed to be there. Um, uh, just scads of them. So, you know, if, just to give you an idea, uh, there was 11,333 records with unallowed characters in the last name field. Wow. Um, yeah. There was 2,487 instances of non-alphabetic characters in names. 
So that would be anything from a punctuation mark to a numeral. Um, found one registration record that was in there. It, it, apparently somebody was practicing and never took it out because the first name was registration and the last name was 99999. Um, so uh, another issue uh, that I found was uh, voters that had a single digit last name, which is, I guess, possible. But one of them was named Sir, first name Sir, last name L, letter L, um, which, you know, ought to be checked to make sure that's a real name. You know, yeah. Apparently, we, if, if we have a rule that says you have to register with your full formal name, it's not being enforced. It's not being followed. I, I haven't discovered whether that's a rule or not, but, but it needs to be. Um, there was another one, for example. Uh, first name Charles, middle name Russell, last name A. Well, what I think here happened is Char- somebody put the names in the wrong order. Yep, right? It's be. probably Charles A. Russell, yep. not Charles Russell A. But, you know, uh, technically, if, if Charles A. Russell shows up with his ID to vote and they're looking at his voter record, how would they ever match? Because they're not going to find a Charles a Russell, they're right now. Yeah, it's going to be you know, Russell. Maybe, a. maybe a, a maybe an alert board of elections uh, worker uh, would find that, and and he would be able to vote. But I mean, it's it's a problem, right? <laughs> now, uh, one one question I have for you, Jim, and it kind of you know obviously ties into what we're talking about here with a lot of these people on the voter registration rolls, right? I'll, do these fall? Do these names fall off after a certain time? they quit voting or once you register well, you're on there um well you're you're on there um however after a certain amount of inactivity there is a process to have you removed so if if uh, you don't vote for in two presidential elections then you you're a candidate to be removed right so the process is that uh, if if you've missed two presidential elections and haven't voted in four years, uh, you're supposed to get a notice from the county board of elections uh, that asks you to confirm that you're an active voter. And if you don't confirm that, then they'll send you another notice. And if if you don't get that, then they'll send you another notice. Then eventually you you'll get removed. Now, do you think that they're not doing that? Well, we can find voters who have either never voted in 20 years or uh, have seldom voted in 20 years, and it's been a long time, and they're still on the rolls. Now, it's feasible. Voting isn't the only thing that can keep you on the rolls. If you sign a candidate petition um, or if you return one of these confirmation cards, they would keep you on the rolls, even though you didn't ever vote. But um, I think a lot of these people who are showing up as having not voted in a long time probably are really either moved on to you know some other address or, or some other state, uh, and they probably shouldn't be on the rolls. It's my suspicion. But uh, there are a lot of those that need to be investigated and cleaned up. And isn't there always... Um... I mean, it seems like I'm always trying to beat this too, especially being in campaigns and, you know, in politics, but I'm always trying to get people to go to the polls and vote, right? But it always seems like we have a 
terribly low percentage of people who turn out to vote. Now, is that because it's just like, you know, we think a lot of people are registered to vote, but they're actually not registered because the voter rolls are wrong, and that's why our percents are so low? You think maybe that could yeah, be something? Yeah, I, I, I do think the voter rolls are inflated with a lot of inactive voters. And so, um, you know, when you have when you have a lot more people on the voting roster than actually voters, it makes the turnout look low. Yep, yep, very low. And it was kind of like depressing so depressing uh the august 2nd election i don't know if you uh, paid attention to that one i'm sure you did but i think it was like 10 percent, maybe uh well i you know, i'm not that, sure what the turnout was but that was that split but, that yeah. was that split uh primary election right right yeah well primaries are notoriously low anyway are notoriously low turnouts anyway yeah and unfortunately because a lot of times those primary elections are are determinative you well, know down here in warren county we're a very red county and so um you know whoever wins the republican primary is almost you know assured to win of uh, the uh, general election in warren county i mean so, yeah, you just look at somebody like mike dewine such an unlikable governor as a republican governor but yet still wins by close to 16 20 points i don't know what it was but it was it was yeah. definitely a landslide victory you know just having that R by your name definitely does wonders here in the great state of Ohio, I can tell you. Yes, it does. So so after I did Nate checks on names, um, I moved on to dates, right? So, you know, we know, know a few things about voter registrations. you got to be 18 years to vote. Yep. Right? Okay. So what would you find with... Um, you, uh, you, you, and, and you shouldn't vote before you're registered. And you shouldn't register before your birthday. And those are, those are, those are laws. Well, the 18 years is a law, um, right. And vote and not voting if before you're registered is a law, right. Yep. That's not supposed to happen. Now, not registering before your birth date isn't a law, but it's common sense, right? Yes. So what do we find? Right. So first of all, we find a lot of invalid birth dates. There's 796 voters with a birth date of uh, January 1, 1900 or earlier. Oh, so and I'm just dismissing many, that as just what was wrong, that? Right? How many did you say you found? 796. 796 people all have that same birthday of what year? Uh, 19, January 1, 1900. 1, 1, 1900. Yeah, it so almost seems like a default or something. 22 years old. So it's like yeah. that, they filled in yeah. blank or something. I don't know. Right, but everybody has a birth date, and everybody has to register. So when you register, one of the things on the form, whether you do it online or however you do it, is your birth date. Mm -hmm. So why we have people that have no birth date, and they stuck a default date in here. Now, some of them are 1-1-1800, so that's why I said or earlier. So, so. so. <laughs> these are these are 200 and 100 years old people. Well, according to the, yeah. Birthday. Uh, that's why I just say the wrong dates, right? Because I don't, don't believe that. But, no. um, but is this but where, is this where the, a lot of the people come to the, like, oh, they have dead people on the voter rolls? Is this what they're trying to say with that? Is, that, is this where that stems from? Well, I, yeah. I mean, I know other states more talk about this, but this is kind of one of the first times I'm hearing about, you know, the dates. I think, I think that in this case, they'd just be talking about, you know, bad birth dates. Yes. I mean, we can do other screens because, you know, I was able to get some data from the Ohio Department of Health 
uh, on vital stats data and, and basically had a list of who had died in Ohio since 2000, year 2000. And, um, you know, I can, I can kind of compare first name, last name, middle initial and birth date to what's in the voter registration database. And, and I had a number of hits on that. Um, interesting. But, uh, that is very interesting. But I mean, I mean, just looking at birth dates alone, um, you know, we had 68 voters that were at least 114 years old, right? So those birth dates looked like they were valid, but you know, the oldest person in the country, I don't think, is is 114 years old. Yeah, if you had uh, if you had how many in Ohio, that's like a big deal. You yeah. know what I mean? So well, that's that's 68. But get this though, 25 of them voted in November 2020. And and you and you you have that data? Wow. And wow. it's not my data; it's the Secretary well, of State's yeah. data. Well, that data—I meant that data. <laughs> yes, yeah. The the when you download the data from the Secretary of State, the voter registration data has twenty years of voting history. Yeah, so anybody could have went and sell that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so, so something's a mess there. Absolutely. Right? There's, I mean. I mean, um, I'm not trying to say, and I and I hope that somebody's grandma's 114 years old. I hope my grandma lives to be that old. I can tell you that much. But my goodness, I mean, pretty hard to believe, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So five of them voted before they were born, or not five of the, those, but just screening all the data. There were five voters that voted before they were born. Uh, there were 724 that voted before their 18th birthday. So you have to be 18 prior to a general election, and if you know, again, I can I can check that and um, by comparing birth date to the date of the election, and you know, according to according to the to the Secretary of State's data, seven hundred twenty four of them uh, voted before their eighteenth birthday. There's also a bunch of invalid registration dates. So there's there's sixty three thousand six hundred and sixty four voter registrations that have the registration date of January one nineteen hundred. So again, looks like it's an invalid registration date, but also oh, they're the just deep. On that. so there's that so there's that same date again, but it's it's for a registration date. It's not for the birthday, right? Yeah, and but here's the kicker. I mean, uh, everybody has a registration date, right? Or they should, and because you have you fill out that form online or whatever goes to the board of elections, they have a record of what that date is. But for whatever reason, you know, they're letting these things languish in the database. Um, what would you do if your credit card statement showed up and, and inst- instead of having, you know, recent transaction dates, it was showing one one nineteen hundred on a number of transactions. Right. I mean, you'd probably fire your credit card company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, and, and so you wouldn't tolerate it in that. Area. I don't, I, and I don't think we should tolerate it in voter rolls. This stuff can be cleaned up. Well, absolutely. And, um, and sorry to interrupt, but for the younger listeners out there and for the people who are just getting to know and about this government stuff, I mean, our state works as what a business. I mean, I hate to say that, but it is right. It's a large company basically. And when you're the head of, you know, not trying to beat up Franklin Rose, I know we beat him up on this show a lot, but my goodness, I mean, when you're the head of the secretary of state, you know, even the governor, right. You can blame, you can blame this on the attorney general, whoever, I mean, all of us citizens, for instance, I mean, we should have a much better, cleaner voter roll system than what you've kind of explained to us so far. My goodness, it's 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 yeah, very well, troubling. Well, here, here, here's the kicker on this, though. Yeah, I mentioned invalid birth dates before, but I didn't tell you 
that uh, that of those 796 voters with bad birth dates, 180 of them are active voters and 127 of them voted in November 2020. Well, with invalid registration dates, we, we had 63,664 invalid dates. 61,453 of them have active status. In other words, they're considered active voters. And 59, over 59,000 of them voted in November 2020. So, yeah, again, this stuff just kind of needs to get cleaned up, right? Oh, it has it absolutely has to. We can't, we can't, we cannot have this in our in our state. I mean, I mean, you're a business guy. You you said it before. I mean, there's no way you'd be fired, right? If you're if you run right. a company like yeah. this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so here's some more interesting things about dates. So, um, uh, and I, and I kind of got onto this when I saw the January 1, 1900, um, I had, I had a list of, 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 um, dates sorted or a list of voters sorted by, by registration date. And I noticed that there are a lot of January one registration dates, not just 1900. But there are 210,000, over 210,000 voters registered on January 1. Wow. 189,000 of them voted in November 2020. 189,000. But, but here, here's the thing about this. Now, 63 of them were the, the January 1, 1900, right? But January 1, the Board of Elections is closed. This is closed. There's not any government offices open. That's I don't know about you, Samuel, but, but on January one, I'm not, you know, I'm not just hustling out here to go register to vote. And I have to say, um, I have to say, probably nobody is. <laughs> I don't think very. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't ever say nobody, but, but, but really. So you know, one of the things that I'll do is, you know, when I see something like this, I'll bounce it off my county board of elections and see, see what they think about this stuff. And they say, Oh, those are online registrations. They went online and they did it on January one. Okay. Well, you do a little bit more research and you find out that online voter registration began in 2017. Okay. And only 5,000, well, only 5,500 of these 5,600 of these happened since January, 2017. And there's 189,000 so the active were, ones. Yeah. So the vast number of these are, um, you know, that, that's not a that's not a valid reason for this. Have you brought uh, that that point up to the Board of Elections yet, or are you kind of saving that one for a rainy day? Because well, I would like to see their um, answer on that. I, I keep asking. Yeah, I'm not getting an answer on that one. I don't. I, I frankly not sure that they anybody in the, that's on staff now knows. I mean. You know, these are spread across time. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not getting a good explanation for that one. Uh, and so, you know, while I was like in January, I said, well, what the heck? Let's check December 25th, right? Uh, that's a static holiday. It doesn't change the day. That's, uh, December 25th is always a holiday. Yeah. 162 voters registered on December 25th. And July 4th, same thing. 1,769 voters registered on on. Um, July 4th. And these are all pre online voter registration. So, uh, so that, that's an interesting uh, thing that I haven't really gotten a, a good explanation of how that happens. Um, found a few people registered before their birth or they had an unknown 
date of birth. 223 were registered before their birth date. And now, now Jim, I, I don't know this, so you might be able to give us an answer on this. Can you actually have a, like, can you legally have an un- unknown name of birth, like on your birth certificate? Is that even legal to have an unknown birth date? Um, no, I don't. Well, I don't know the answer to that. Could, okay, could you, sorry. I guess I've, I, I don't, I don't think you could. I mean, yeah, that's, it doesn't make any sense. It'd be like, yeah, not having a name or anything. It's just like that stuff right there for the listeners. I mean, I mean, that should be a, that should be a blatant. Okay. There's a, there's a problem here with this voter. So we need to go verify it, but it's still on the voter right. rolls. Right. It's just crazy. Right. I mean, it doesn't have a date, you know, that I th- if any, if any, if anyone would be easy to find you th- or find something wrong with, you think it would be that one. Right. Crazy. And so, um, and then I found some people registered before the law permits, in other words, before they were 18. Um, so I uh, found uh, 1,764 voters registered before their 17th birthday. So that's right, like a register. So they're, they're really trying to like get, vote. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just weird. They're really yeah. wanting to vote. Yeah. Um, I, 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 the secretary of state has rules for addresses. Address is important because I mean that that identifies what precinct you're in. So yep, yep. You know, a lot of a lot of the things on that ballot are precinct specific sometimes, or at least district specific. So if if you don't have the right address, you can't you wouldn't be in the right voting district. But at any rate, um, you know similar rules to the names, no punctuation marks, but they're supposed to follow the um, USPS standards uh, for uh, voting. In other words, the Postal Service has standards for how addresses are supposed to be um, presented, and uh, they're supposed to do that. And I guess just to kind of cut to the chase, uh, there were issues with the addresses and how those were input as well, right? Yeah. Um, One of the things that you're not allowed to do is register using one of these commercial mailbox stores. So... I uh, I went out to ups.com and I got the addresses of every the UPS store, the place where you take your packages and ship them. They have mailbox services too. So I got the address of all of those locations in Ohio. And then I compared that to the uh, voter rolls to see if we had any people registered at the UPS store. And we do. Um, 30 oh different counties had voters voters registered at the UPS stores. 30 different counties out of 88? Yeah, 30, 30 out of 88. And uh, overall, um, there were 294 registered at UPS store addresses. Now, I'll caveat this just a little bit. Give, uh, give uh, our elections folks the benefit of the doubt in a few of these cases, okay? Because when you look at the UPS store, a lot of them are in strip malls, right? They don't get they don't get any grace if if a voter's registered at a UPS store in a strip mall. And oh, by the way, the Secretary of State tells the board of county boards of election they're supposed to keep a list of the UPS stores, all these commercial mailbox facilities, mailboxes, et cetera, and so forth. They're supposed to keep a list of those and screen out these voter registrations. Um, that's in his directives, but. Um, um, and I only checked UPS stores. I didn't. Uh, it, it was a it was a pretty good lift to just get all the addresses for the UPS store, and I didn't bother to go try mailboxes, et cetera. But 
Most of these UPS stores are in strip malls. There are a few of them where it's in a multi-story building. And it's possible that in a few cases, there were apartments on top of it. Um, but there were at least 203 voters in locations that strip malls are standalone. So I guess that leaves us about 89 of them or so that uh, possibly are in apartments above the UPS store, but they're not putting in apartment numbers or things like that that would identify it. So they still need to be checked out and made sure that that it's legitimate. But yeah, uh, And that would be the proper way to basically address that anyway, you know, naming the apartment right. suite and whatever. Yeah. Right. That's interesting too. Yeah. So another thing that, that I checked was for duplicate registrations. And of course, they're not supposed to have duplicate. The Secretary of State and the Ohio Revised Code has rules about duplicates, not supposed to have them. In essence, the Secretary of State has a tolerable amount, but by election day, it's supposed to be zero. Um, so, you know, if you if you look for people with the same first name, last name, middle initial, and birth date. Um, you know, I can screen those. Now, I can't guarantee that they're all um, duplicates because I don't have access to social security numbers and things like that. So when I get Julie Mae Alderson, it's possible there's two Julie Mae Aldersons born on the same day, right? So these are all things that need to be investigated. But Julie Mae Alderson has four voter registration records, all with the same birthday. Four. Four, yeah. Um, Madison L. Adkins has three registrations, all with the same birth date. Uh, Trent Ashworth, Trent J. Ashworth, is registered twice. Trent Jordan Ashworth is registered one, all with the same birth date. So those are just just you know examples of things that look like duplicates to me. They look like duplicates to you too, I'm sure. Well, yeah. But, so they, so they have the same name and same birthday. All right. I guess yes. if you want to think on common sense grounds, maybe they get same name, different birthday, but the, it's hard for yeah. hard. I mean, when you're when you're seeing all this other data, all this other nonsense, right? I mean, it's hard for me to believe that that's not a duplicate. So yeah. A good find. Right. So, so you know, screening in that manner with matching first name, last name, middle initial, and birth date, 18,000 likely duplicate records. Over 18,000. Wow. 18,000. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing that I checked was, uh, you know, we have, I mentioned earlier that we have 89 voter registration databases, yes. right? We have and the I county. Think, this is important too for the listeners. I don't think a lot of people know about this. I mean, you, you basically taught this to me, so this is wonderful. Thank you for mentioning that twice too. I think it's important. Yeah. So the, the, the question in my mind is, okay, and just being, having a, a database background, whenever you have two data sets, it's pretty hard to keep them in synchronization, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, however, what the county boards are telling me is that when they put in data into their voter registration system, it automatically gets transferred to the Secretary of State system. So, uh, you know, they, uh, um, they're they confident that it's the same. But I, I 
I'm not so confident that it's the same. So when I uh, when I check when I when I checked in most of this work I did back in November of 2021, or at least that was the data set that I used. Um, when I checked in November of 2021, um, just looking at do they have the same number of voters? Does the state say the state gives me a certain number of voters? For example, in Cuyahoga County, um, the uh, number of voters in that that are in the county database, but not in the Secretary of State database. That's you know 1,233. The number of voters that the state has in Cuyahoga County that aren't in Cuyahoga County's database is 1,893. Wow. And I thought, well, you know, a lot of this data I have, uh, you know, gone back here and I checked and say, well, okay, that was November of 2021. Has it gotten any better? So in August of 2022 here, I went back and I checked. So Cuyahoga County, the number of voters that are in the county database, but not in the Secretary of State, 4,911. So it grew dramatically. Yeah, it did in this case. A lot of times it'll get better over time. This case, in, in this case worse. for Cuyahoga County, it got worse. The number of voters that the Secretary of State's database has that aren't in the county database, that's 4,024. So that went up. Well, they at 1900 to 4500 so uh, um, 2600 records um so yeah that got worse too um now other counties got better um lorraine county um 96 in the county but not in the state um 408 in the state but not in the county back in november but then you know moving forward here actually this one i checked in october um uh, the county got worse, 310 in the in the county that aren't in the state, but only 23 that were in the state that weren't in the county. So, uh, you know, this automatic sync process, this automatic synchronization process is uh, it, the, the number of records is not matching. And this goes back to that audit where I said the audit isn't adequate. Right. A good audit would check and make sure that if you have a voter in the county database, that that same voter shows up in the state database. Absolutely. And, should be it. And they're, you know, they're clearly not checking that. Um, so where, where the where the two databases do have a matching record. So each of these databases has a uh, has a value for each voter. You have actually a, you have a voter ID number that's assigned to you. And so uh, you don't ever use it. You don't even know you have it. But uh, in in your voter registration record, you have a voter ID number, and that exists in the county database and also in the state database. So if I take that county uh, if that that ID number at the state level and the and the record that's with that ID at the county level, and I compare it, do they have the same name? Do they have the same voter status? Do they have the same voting history? Do they have the same registration date? So using Franklin County as an example, comparing the same ID numbers, state to county, there were 11 records with different last names, nine with different first names, 2,000, over 2,000 with different statuses. In other words, uh, some were active voters and some were in what's called confirmation status. Um, 
over 7,800 of them have different voting history. In other words, the county says that they voted on certain dates, but the state says they voted on different dates. <laughs> um, almost 42,000 had different registration dates. Um, and uh, one of them had a different birth date. Um, and this is Cuyahoga County. Sorry, go ahead with Cuyahoga. Yeah, uh, 311 different last name, 100 different first name, 33, almost 3,400 with uh, different statuses. Uh, voting history was different on almost 4,200 records, different registration date on almost 8,500 records, different birth date on 17. Um, so those were the two worst as far as name and uh uh, status and registration uh, mismatches, but there a lot of counties had issues with voting history. Um, I didn't look at all 88 counties. I, I looked at a handful of uh, Mahoning, Stark, Lucas, Delaware. They were all pretty good on anything except voting history, where for whatever reason, uh, voting history was a lot different between the state, what the state reported and what the county reported. Yeah, go ahead with your question. Well, this please. is... So this, you just used that voter ID and then compared them with the two databases from the county board of elections into the secretary of state's database with the voter rules. I mean, uh, and they had all of those problems with different, different dates, different registration dates, different names, different last names, but they had the same, yes. I, same voter ID number. Right. Wow. Right. See, example, that's another one that's like, how in the world do you get that wrong? Voter well, ID it shouldn't should be. If all of this synchronization is working well, um, they should be identical, right? If the county types in an, a name change, somebody gets married, they change the last name, and that's automatically getting synchronized to the state, uh, that should be the same, right? Within, And they're saying that it happens instantaneously, but certainly within the same day or so, it should be updated. And so, yeah, something's wrong with the synchronization process. It's it seems, and, it, and this this hasn't just been happening since 2017. I'm sure, correct? I mean, obviously, we know it hasn't just hasn't started happening since 2017 because of the dates and stuff we've seen. Yeah, well, those numbers that I was quoting were were when I did the evaluation on, on in November of 2021, right? So in in November, in fact, it was November 27th, 2021. I I downloaded a copy of the state voter the states. Uh, a voter file and then i went to several counties and i downloaded theirs on the same day so that i you know was comparing apples to apples um i repeated it here in in august right see if it got better or worse and uh, I'll, I'll just say generally it was about the same um some things were worse some things were better so um Cuyahoga County still, well, Franklin County was kind of a standout. Uh, that was really the one that I compared uh, here in August just to see if it got better or worse. And uh, the one discrepant birth date went away. But, you know, the number of records that had differences on registration date, it went from 42,000 up to 82,000 uh, between. It climbed that much. November. Yeah, it did. Um, so. I guess the, the takeaway on this is that, again, that synchronization system doesn't seem to be working well. So I guess while we're getting towards the end of our discussion here, Jim, I, I know that you're not Superman and 
uh, I guess, I mean, I don't really know what the answer to this question would be, but, you know, I'm sure you're trying to find a way on how to fix this problem. I mean, what, what can the listeners do and the people throughout the state of Ohio do to try to, you know, clean up these voter rolls? Well, um, a couple things, a uh, couple things are happening. Um, one is, um, you know, I can, uh, I, I can help people by giving them a list of issues in their county. I've been helping some people who, who, uh, you know, want to go clean up their, their county's voter rolls or try to. So I just, uh, developed a suite of database queries that I can run and I can give you a list of potential issues. And you can take that list to your county board of elections and, and, you know, I kind of have a little instruction sheet printed up, um, but I can do that for anybody that, that wants to uh, go there. The other thing is to make your state reps aware of these issues. Absolutely. Um, uh, you know, I, uh, I am trying to work with legislators to uh, take some of these rules that the Secretary of State has that aren't really being rigorously followed and try to get those put into law. Some of these tests that I did that, you know, I, I think that whole audit that the Secretary of State has, you know, the legislature let him, him and it's not necessarily him, but I don't, I think this law has been on the books for quite a while. So I'm, I'm not pointing fingers at, at Frank LaRose here. I think a lot of these issues predate Frank LaRose. Um, but, um, uh, you know, we need to, we need to have the legislature specify what's in that audit, right? We let the Secretary of State watch over the Secretary of State, and and I think they kind of abused that discretion by by making the their version of the audit so simplistic that it's essentially you know not very meaningful, and so I think that that needs to get bolstered in the law and and you know just uh, all of the you know one of my concerns goes beyond voter registration. Uh, we see what's happening in other states. Uh, you know, Maricopa County right now is, oh, a, is a big is a big problem, right? And uh, it was a big problem in, in November 2020. And, and we, we've seen what happened in Fulton County, Georgia, Wayne County, Michigan, and the list goes on, right? Philadelphia, yep. uh, Wisconsin, and all these problems. Now, um, I don't know that Ohio, I don't believe Ohio is perfectly clean, but we're obviously better than in these other counties but we use the same equipment we do we have the same general election processes the only thing that's different here is perhaps we have better people maybe yep. more honest people than than are in those counties that we mentioned but we can't just rely on always having the right people no in those positions we we need to have we, we need to have you know make sure their equipment is not going to be vulnerable and we need to make sure that the processes stand up um uh, over time uh, we'll, no matter who's in in uh, the uh, offices so uh you know and i think that's a legislative function and we we need to make sure that the legislature gets our attention and so uh, uh i guess i've had had the fortune to be, uh, all of these uh, things that we've talked about here are documented in, in a report that I was the primary author for and Dr. Marius Palikas uh, reviewed for me. Um, and uh, in fact, those are out at ohiovotescount.org, which is a website that I established to, 
put this report out there. Oh, okay. So what was um, that? Ohiovotes.org? Ohiovotescount.org. Wonderful. Thank you. And so that's available out there. And, uh, and you, you can, you, you can read it in great gory detail of what I found here. And that report also, I mean, uh, you know, I, I put in the actual database queries in the report. So it's not as, it's not as horrendous as it looks because it's 60 pages long, but it's a lot of data tables and a lot of uh, database programming language so that if the secretary of state or, or county board of elections wanted to take it, they could repeat what I did without a whole lot of effort. They should be able to, you know, take these database queries and run them and, you know, find out if they have invalid birth dates or names or whatever. Um, but, uh, Ultimately, I think we need to get a lot of this written into the law, and we need to have penalties for not complying with it. Yeah. Uh, that's what I think the the ultimate answer is. Um, you know, we may have we may have uh, just been lucky here in Ohio, and, and we, we can't rest on our laurels. We need to, you know, take preventative action so that that we can't become or can't end up in a situation like Maricopa or or other other disaster election disasters out there. Absolutely. And, and sadly, those counties are, you know, deciding elections, those sole counties. You know, I, I honestly believe Carrie Lake won that election. And I hope that some stuff comes out in the courts and she keeps fighting on that. But who knows if that'll ever go anywhere. About like Donald Trump in 2020, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem that, that we've had a whole lot of success in the courts. So. No, no, we haven't. Um, but we got to keep fighting and, you know. I really do appreciate what you're doing, man. And I can tell you that I'm going to be getting a hold of you because I want to do everything I can to, you know, figure out what's going on with my uh, Defiance County Board of Elections. And I know there are some problems there. And, uh, you know, I would love to do what I can to uh, dig into that and see what we can find because, you know, it just seems like there's there's a masses of amounts of just, you know, craziness. I mean, everybody heard heard what Jim had to say about all of this voter rolls nonsense. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, to make my head spin to, I mean, like I said before, they're running a business for goodness sake. Like how, how could you, I mean, there's no way people would be fired. It would go out of business, um, et cetera. Like you just wouldn't be able to do it. But yeah. surprisingly they, they keep going. But, uh, you know, Jim, I guess before, before we let you go, I know we took up an hour of your time. And like I said, I do appreciate you coming on. Um, uh, if you could come on, you know, Maybe in a month or two, three months, if you're still going to be diving into this, we'd love to get like a update or if there's anything else you found, you know what I mean? You're always welcome on the show. But if there's anything <clears throat> that you'd like to leave the listeners with or anything that we didn't cover that you, you know, wanted to make sure they needed to hear, you can go ahead and say that now. And also, if you could give us uh, like an email or any type of information that we could get in contact with you, any type of social media or whatnot so we can follow you any of that stuff or anything to help support you too, what you're doing. Cause you know, what you're doing is a lot. So we just like to know all that information. Yeah, well, I, I am on truth social at, at, uh, at Jim Regano, J I M R I G A N O. Um, and then, uh, out there at Ohio votes count.org. Uh, we have just a general email address, Ohio votes count at protonmail.com. And uh, you can you can reach me through there, and you know if anybody is interested in getting that list of, uh, of potential voter registration issues for their county, uh, you know hit me at OhioVotesCount at ProtonMail.com. 
and I'm more than happy to run that list. I've, I've got it down to the point where I can give you a pretty comprehensive review of your county's voter rolls. And, you know, you can take that to your board of elections and start asking questions. Wonderful. We love questions. We love to start questioning our government, especially when well, and, right well, and you know, to be honest with you, I've had, uh, I mean, I find the County board's election to be pretty cooperative. So, oh, yeah. uh, <clears throat> I think most, I think they're just yeah. happy to see someone there interested in the work that they do. <laughs> I don't think well, they get a lot of visitors. And, and you know, if if there's a problem there, I, all the ones that I've dealt with are, have been you know anxious to clean it up. So absolutely. I mean, that's why they're there. I I really do believe if you go, uh, and and you're you're going to, and that's your career working in the board of elections. You have a passion for elections. You know what I mean? And I don't think I mean. Not saying they're not out there, but I'm not saying. I mean, I'd say more majority of the people who decide they want to do that for a living are, you know, are not, you know, are not doing it in a vile way. But I guess, I yeah. guess I'm. A, I always kind of call myself naive too much, and I'm trying not to be. But you know, we are, we are here. I, I gotta give I some people want, the benefit of the doubt, like you said, and I really do appreciate you said that. I wouldn't want the job when, when you think about mm. about the the pressure on election date for everything to go just right. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes into running an election. Oh yeah, and they don't and get they, done till late, late. They, and they don't get a second chance either. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, kind of hits. So, uh, yeah, but you know, to be good at elections and to be good at, at data are two different things, and. Uh, um, I really think that, you know, Secretary of State could help them out a lot by doing some of these screens and doing a lot better job with, with uh, helping make sure that, that all the data is good. So. Absolutely. And it put a lot of more faith. It put, it put more faith in me or in, in put, it gave me a lot more faith in about of our elections and whatnot. I mean, because obviously there's a lot of a lot of people skeptical about, you know, Ohio's elections and. You know, if they're willing to cooperate, the Secretary of State, and you know, to help out these county board of elections <clears throat> to get the right data, you know, I'd feel much more comfortable. But you know, the only thing we can do is push our legislators and uh, you know let our county board of elections know about it, and that's why we got to work together in a group effort and do this. And you know, I'm glad you're leading the charge and basically kind of giving us a, a footprint to uh, to help fight on. Because I can tell you, doing what you're doing, it's not easy, right? Not everybody has the time to. You know, or the or the brains and the, just the manpower to do what you're doing. I mean, it's a lot of numbers, it's a lot of data, a lot of names. You know, it's a lot of everything. Well, we have to we we have to do it, don't we? Oh, we absolutely do, Jim. We absolutely do, and I love that spirit too, because we have to. There's no choice. There is no choice. It's this is the this is the survival of our republic, democracy, the Western civilization. It is. This is it right here. It's our last stand. We cannot let our elections go into the hands of cheating, vile globalists, because that's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, from 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 uh, from your lips, that 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 is that's wisdom coming from your lips. Well, I appreciate that, Jim. I really do. But hey, uh, you're more than welcome on the show anytime. <clears throat> I really did, you know, enjoy this uh, this talk. I, I think a lot of the listeners got kind of a gut-wrenching experience today and i hope they're like i'm gonna email this guy and we're gonna get to work and our county board of elections 
And I'm pretty sure there's a, a wonderful woman. I want to give her a shout out by the name of Lisa Towns from the Williams County area. I don't know if you know her or not. But she is a wonderful woman. And uh, she is working very hard at her county board of elections and has a lot of information, too. So some of the local people, I know we have a lot of the listeners from that area. If you know Lisa, get a hold of her. She'll definitely point you in the right direction of what you can be doing. Yeah, there there are a lot of people working on election issues in one way, shape, form, or another. And, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But I think that she's working with your data. I've, I, I believe someone who oh. helped set up the interview told me that I believe Lisa was working okay. with you. So, yeah, you might not Wonderful. know her, but Lisa, she is she's a warrior. She's up there in Williams County. So, up by me, just above me. Okay. Not in defiance, but Jim. You have a great day, okay? I really do appreciate everything that you're doing. And uh, like I said, I hope to have you back on the show. We'll get an update or get something going on. And, uh, you know, hopefully things are better. And hopefully we don't hear those number increases like we did in Franklin County and, and Cuyahoga. But the only thing we can do is wish for the best, right? Yeah, well, hey, uh, appreciate uh, you having me on, uh, Samuel. And uh, I'll come back anytime. Awesome. Hey, Merry Christmas, Jim. And, uh, you know, have a happy new year. Merry Christmas to you as well. Okay. Bye-bye, sir. Goodbye. That was Jim Regano. Very good man. And somebody who has been on the ball and helping out our elections here in the state of Ohio. You got to give him a round of applause. What a guy. Dr. Frank, thank you for inspiring people like Jim to go out and crush it. Because I tell you what, this guy is crushing it. And he needs, excuse me, he needs help. We all need help. We need to do this together and put our foot down because like he said, it's, it is the, it is the survival of the Western civilization. Our democracy, our republic is all on the line right here. Vote without 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 fair and free elections. What kind of freedom do we have, ladies and gentlemen? We really don't have one. We have selected officials. We don't need that. We need elected officials. Alrighty, before we move on to the verse of the day, quick announcement. If you want a Christmas present, make sure you go to Blackout Coffee Co. and get some Christmas apparel. Use promo code. TSMS, The Samuel McGuire Show. That's what it stands for. Help support the show and give a nice Christmas gift. Thank you so much for that. All righty. We got to move on to the verse today. It's the most important thing. You can't forget it. So good to bring Jesus Christ onto the show. All righty. So let's pull this up here. Okay. Such a hard time finding this. Here we go. This comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. That comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, above power, above fame, above money. Popularity, I know that comes with fame, <laughs> but you get what I mean. Everything comes before, or God, God comes before everything. 
God, I mean, you you got to live for him. You live for him. You're going to, you're, you're going to treat your mother better. You're going to treat your father better. You're going to treat your friends better, your family better, your wife better, your boyfriend better. Whoever you're dealing with, you're going to treat them better if you live for God. You're going to be a better patriot. That I can tell you. You're going to love your country more. You're going to love life more. You're going to have a whole new meaning on it. Get to know Jesus Christ. Love him. And I can tell you great things will happen in your life. It's very important. It's very important. But thank you so much for listening to this wonderful talk show. I look forward to bringing you more news, interviews, content, and talk shows. If you haven't already, please check out our website, redfuturadio.com. And also, we have this brand new Telegram channel, The Sam McGuire Show. Please subscribe to it and check it out. Send it to other platforms so we can get that growing. My social media is at Samuel C. McGuire. We have Facebook, Twitter, True Social, Instagram, Getter, Telegram, Frank Social, and TikTok. My email is Samuel C. McGuire at gmail.com. God bless every single one of you. Have a great, great week. We'll see you Friday. This is The Samuel McGuire Show on Red Future Radio.